Hey, Rafer. Yes, Kristen. Can we talk a little bit about human insect melding? It'd be a short conversation since I know so little about it. Well, but you sure. do know a little bit about it. We've both sure. seen the fly. The fly. That's we know a, bad things first, can happen. First thing we both bad think Bad things can happen. And then when your like, fingernails are peeling off, like sure, you can climb the walls and that's fun, but then you're weird looking. And... You got to vomit on your food. Oh, yeah. The vomiting on the food, yeah. like with the donut, and then maybe your, right. like, your arm is decomposing because you just vomited on your own arm. Right. Just like bad things happening. Yep. Um, so there are good versions of human insect melding, and then there are not so good versions of right. human insect melding. And they're making Ant Man supposedly. What? Yeah, Ant Man, <laughs> the superhero Ant Man. That sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing left to make a superhero movie out of. There aren't any more. Why can't if they're going to make one with an insect that's really good? What about Mosquito Man? Mosquito Man. Mosquito Man would be pretty fun. Mosquito Man could be pretty fun. Flea Man. Oh God! Don't make Bed Bug Man. <laughs> Terrifying, terrifying. That's a villain. That is a villain. Bedbug Man is a villain. <laughs> well, we know why we're talking about this today. Because there's this other insect. Is is Spider-Man an insect? You man? know what? I don't think he is. He's, he's, I, don't, I think spiders are something different. You don't think they're actually insects? I don't know. I don't know. What do we know? We're not scientists. No. We're just film critics. And, and neither is anyone in the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> also not scientists. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them wear lab coats, though. That's true. But we're going to talk about that along with two other smaller movies, Locke and Bell, this week. But before we do all that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Day. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like guys. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Well, before we get to Spider-Man and our special guest who's a Spider-Man super fan, before we get to all of that, let's start off with one of the smaller movies, Rafer. How about, how about Locke? Locke. Uh, now, this has been out for a little while, but it's now expanding just a tad into other markets. It's also available on VOD. And uh, I thought this was worth talking about just briefly uh, because it's a one-man show basically from Tom Hardy who is a great actor um, that I've been following for a while. He was in Bronson. Uh, he did play Bane in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, perhaps not his most memorable performance. But um, he's really interesting. You might remember him from uh, Inception, Christopher Nolan's Inception as well. He's, he's really great. I think he's, he's considered to be one of these actors that's going to become kind of a next big thing, kind of another Philip Seymour Hoffman, Ooh. Joaquin Phoenix kind of actor. Um, and I think... Locke might be the movie that proves that this is so. It is basically the story of a guy who gets into a car. He's a construction worker, gets into his car and begins driving away from his job, his family, everything he knows and loves. He has a reason. Uh, You don't find out for a little while in the film. But he's made this choice and now he's going to live with it. And basically we spend about an hour and a half just with Tom Hardy as Ivan Locke in a car. Here's a clip. Hello, can I speak to Gareth, please? He's not back yet. Um, can I ask who's calling? Ivan Locke. Can I say what it's regarding? Uh, yes, concrete. Can you, um, can you tell him that it's urgent? Can you tell him to call me back? Yeah, does he have your number? Uh, yes, yes, he does. Sorry, what was your name again? Ivan Locke. Something about concrete? That's right, yes. Can you, uh... Will he know what? Uh, no, no, he won't. Question, Rafer. Yes? 
most of us, when we're in a car by ourselves driving, we might sing. If we have bad habits like smoking cigarettes, we might do that. <laughs> we might, if you're really, really adept at it, maybe pee in a soda right. bottle. These are things you would do. But we don't do a lot of talking. Is there a lot of talking in this movie? There's pretty much only talking in this what? movie. Um, one well, thing I will say about this movie, it's good product placement for BMW and because he's in a Beamer the entire time and for Bluetooth. One of the first things you see in the movie is uh, the little dashboard uh, panel that says connecting to Bluetooth. And he spends the entire film talking to people on his speakerphone. Which might sound ridiculous and could have been, perhaps. And, you know, you are watching this movie in which really you're only seeing uh, Tom Hardy from about the chest up. I mean, he's sitting down the entire time behind the wheel of a car. You want to talk about a, a constrained, confined performance. He's in, he's in a driver's seat the entire time. And he's speaking to his son, to uh, his two sons, to his wife, to a, a very panicked co-worker, to a boss that is screaming at him, and... Uh, to a, another woman on the other end of his journey. And, um, and that's not a spoiler because you don't really know quite exactly what's happening here for a while. Um, and so really what you've got in a way is kind of a radio play as a movie, but, uh, you know, because really you're just hearing other voices. And it's a great voice cast. Um, Ruth Wilson, uh, Olivia Coleman, Andrew Scott, Tom Holland. Uh, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a really great, great, great voice cast. You can really see and kind of picture in your mind those people. But of course, the tour de force here is really Tom Hardy. He's just totally mesmerizing. That's a Welsh accent he's doing, by the way. I didn't quite place it, but that's a Welsh accent. And he's, he just, he pulls you in and he makes you understand who this person is, what he's thinking, what he's doing, what he's done, and why he did it. And it's completely, completely mesmerizing. He's fantastic in it. Wow. It sounds like a fantastic date. It's a great date. It's a great date. It's uh, it's just just shy of a of an hour and a half, perfect length, and um I I would highly highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Oh, good. Well, I'm definitely going to see that. I you you just sold me. You totally All right. just sold great. me on that. I'm glad. Well, let's talk about another film called Bell. It's only in very, very small release this week. Four it's theaters be, across yeah. the screen, yeah, across the country, I it's, think. It's going to be expanding, but it's it's an intriguing movie. It's a historical drama based on real events. So there is, in a castle somewhere in the British Isles, this painting that caught the attention of the screenwriter. It's of a woman who is half black and half white with another woman who's white, and they're wearing rich silk giant gowns, and it's one of those aristocratic paintings in a castle. And the screenwriter found out more about this whole story, and it turns out the half-black, half-white woman was actually the daughter of one of these aristocrats. The white daughter is a cousin, also the daughter of an aristocrat. They were cousins raised together in the 1700s in the lap of luxury. They were titled, and they were raised together at a time when slavery still existed That's in fascinating. Britain. In yeah. Britain. And there was the struggle of how do you deal with being half black, half white when there's racism, but when you also are titled and really freaking wealthy. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> really time, interesting. At a time when your title matters so much, your wealth matters so much, and actually our half black, half white heroine, she, Belle, also called Dido in the movie, she is actually much more wealthy than her white cousin who is not an heiress. So... She has more money 
but she's half black, half white. How does that work during her age of courtship? Who's going to want to marry her? Right. And hanging over all of this is the social institution of slavery and what's going to happen with that during this time. Here's a clip. These are the keys of the house. They have hung at the waist of your aunt for the last 30 years. I am not Lady Mary. I am not an unwanted maid. Lady Mary is too old to continue in charge of the house. You may take up your duties on your return. Are you punishing me? One other thing I wanted to point out, gender is a major, major thing in this movie. Sure. Because this is a time where in order to really even be taken care of to survive, if you're part of these classes, you have to marry well. And Uh a lot of this is about marrying well. Belle, a.k.a. Dido, she doesn't have to marry at all if she doesn't want to because she is so extremely wealthy. But she wants to marry. And who will marry her based on all of the circumstances around her? It's really smart. It's beautiful to look at. It's fantastic. The cast is terrific. This actress, um, I, I, I wasn't familiar with her work before, Gugu Mbatha-Raw. Yeah, she's so, brand new. This, yeah. is, and this is like this huge sudden breakout starring role for her. She's just, you, you just can't look away from her. She just is so gorgeous on camera. She's wonderful. And then the supporting cast is fantastic. Some of our favorite actors, Tom Wilkinson is oh, her yeah. uncle. Uh, Lady Mansfield is played by the wonderful Emily Watson, who doesn't oh, yeah. love her. And then Miranda Richardson, who's always terrific, wow. plays the opportunistic mother of um, of a young man who wants to court Belle because of, you know, her money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So I would highly recommend this movie. Really smart. If you love Jane Austen movies, you'll love it. If you love history, you'll love it. If you're into gender or race or class or any of these topics, you'll love it. It's just, and it's just beautiful to look at. So it's, you'd say great date, good I'd date? Say, I'd say it's a great date. I actually would say it might be the best movie I've seen so far this year. Wow. And, and like Locke, very compact. It doesn't try to be a five-hour movie. Uh-huh, right. It, it's just, I think, right around 90 minutes. And it's just, they know exactly what to tell, what not to tell, and let the audience do the rest. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was great. I Highly not... recommend it. Please see it, Rafer. I will. Well, I have not reviewed it because it has not come to Long Island, where Newsday is based. Um, oh, but yes. it will, I think, in the next week or so, and so I'll be reviewing it then. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I've been wanting to see it for quite a while. So good. So good. All but, right. But um, shall we move on to our pistaresissance? Yes. I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I don't think do you have it, to. Do you have to grunt when you it say is it? It is if you're Peter Sellers playing <laughs> Spectre Clouseau. <laughs> But you're talking, of course, about the amazing Spider-Man 2. Hold on. Question. Is amazing the correct... I'm sorry. I'll just well, stop. No, no, uh, It's no. in the title. It's in the Come title, on. Kristen. The amazing Spider-Man 2. We're going to talk about that momentarily with a special guest. We'll be right back. Well, Kristen, let's talk about the amazing Spider-Man 2. And here to help us, back in the studio with us, is Scott Rosenberg, entertainment editor for AM New York and our resident pop culture polymath. Scott, thanks for ha- joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Spider-Man. Here's, here's one of my first questions to you. Like, where in the pantheon of superheroes is Spider-Man? Where, where, does, where does he rank? Definitely top five. I mean, you got Superman, Batman. Top three, it would seem to be, yeah. right? I mean, Bat- Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Seems to me safe like to say, yeah. Here's another question. What is it that people like about Spider-Man? My kids really love him. If, if you want to go really into the history of this, one of the re- reasons that he's so popular, and this really comes back to the difference between a Marvel comic and a DC comic, Spidey's Marvel, Batman and Superman are DC, DC. Yeah. is that the Marvel comics were definitely like the 
the street level. Like this could be you. This is like, you know, oh my god, this you know this geeky guy got bit by a spider. It could be me. It could literally it could be ah uh, yeah yeah. Whereas Superman, the guy's a god. Those are myths. He's a god. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. So I mean, it kind of comes down to like Spider Man is the every hero. Superman is is a Jesus figure. Let's be real. Yeah, right, you know, so. right, right. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so here we are, uh, 2014. We're on the second Spider-Man film after the you know not that not that long after the end of the first Spider-Man trilogy. Um, were you a fan of the first trilogy, Scott? Uh, two two parts of it. Two parts. Oh, of it. The first the first two. Oh yeah, that yeah, one is of uh, course. And what did you think of the first? I don't even know how to phrase how to distinguish the, amazing the first Spider-Man new reboot. amazing. <laughs> I, I call it the Spider-Man reboot. Yeah, okay, that's a good way of putting it. What yeah. did you think of the first episode of, the, of this I, reboot? I mean, I liked it. You know, Garfield is a good Spider-Man. He's he's fun to watch. He's got good uh, quipping skills. He you know, makes fun jokes, and he's he's you know he's comfortable in the role. He seems, and you know, it was a fun movie. I mean, yeah, did it blow my mind? No, no. But, well, Scott, and you were not a fan of it. Here's the thing. What I love about Spider-Man is he's fun. He's swinging mm-hmm. from buildings. He's joking around. He's a goofy teenager. And I just felt that a lot of that has been lost in the reboot. The Tobey Maguire series I thought was really full of that joy of life, that fun. I am a Spider-Man and I'm enjoying being a Spider-Man. And I just don't know if it feels, you know, like Andrew Garfield was really enjoying being a Spider-Man. Hmm. Well, let's let's hear a clip. This The story here of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is uh, Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker slash Spidey is uh, – Fighting crime, doing his thing. Emma Stone returns as Gwen Stacy, his girlfriend. You've got kind of two main villains coming up here. One is uh, Max Dillon, an electrical engineer, I guess you'd call him, at Oscorp, the uh, the giant uh, sort of science uh, behemoth company, uh, played by Jamie Foxx. He turns into Electro. And then the other villain would be, uh, and I don't think this is spoiling anything really, would be Harry Osborn, uh, Peter Parker's longtime best friend played by Dane DeHaan. He comes back into the picture. There's another villain or two in there somewhere, but those are your two main guys. So many villains. villains. Let's hear a clip. This is the maintenance closet. This is the most cliched hiding place you could have chosen. This is this is the stupidest hiding place. Take us to the Bahamas of hiding places. She just kissed me. How'd you like it? I am just going to say I don't like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I don't think he's got good quipping skills. I don't think he's likable. He does not draw me in. He seems a little prickly, a little arrogant, kind of average. Um, I think I was really bummed out in this movie to hear that his first one-liner is, you can call me anything but late for dinner, which I just thought was (laughs) – is is it's not it's such an old corny like year old cut it out uncle kind of joke that I just I couldn't believe that was what we were going to lead in with and I feel like that I almost feel like that line alone ruined the film for me wow. I almost oh. feel like I just never recovered <laughs> from it but you like you like Andrew Garfield I like I didn't love this film but I liked Andrew Garfield I, I have yeah. no problem with him Kristen I, well I. Again, I just I, I do think that this particular episode in the reboot, he did try to be more fun than the first one because the first one he was kind of pathetic. Yeah, the first well, one yeah, he was, was kind of whiny. Yeah, he was very one. emo. He was emo Spider Man. Yeah, and, yeah, and this time around, it's like, oh, we're gonna have Spider Man a little bit more fun. Uh, that being said, it, can I just come right out and say, yeah. I, I 
I was a little bit confused. I thought this was overstuffed. I thought there was a lot yeah, going on yeah. here. And so because of all that, it wasn't just a case of do I like Andrew Garfield or not. It's just so much going on in the movie was just I, I couldn't even really focus on Andrew Garfield. There are three villains and there's two and a half hours and there's a lot of there's just so much going on here. Right. But that's kind of the way these things go now, Scott, right? I mean it's, oh, yeah. it's it, this is this is the this is the formula. Let me tell you, you watch this movie, if you if you're at all Spider Man fan, there's like set up in this just in the main movie at least for two other villains okay. and then at the end a set up for a certain number more villains yes right <laughs> sorry that's right a certain number of villains yeah that's a nice yeah. way to put it you're right you're right i to me the episodic nature of movies today the te- the television episodic mm-hmm. nature of movies today is it really rankles me and i i know i've got a at some point perhaps when i'm 65 maybe i'll finally get over it but it it bugs me are you okay with this does that does it bug you scott no i mean you okay. like it while i'm a habitual comic book reader i go i'm a wednesday guy i go every wednesday I become my new comic books yeah so i'm used to this i'm used to going and get my next installment give me more give me more give me more do i want better movies yeah I want better <laughs> But keep going back. So Right. <laughs> you well, keep going back, right? Well, Scott, I have a question about that. So you are someone who loves the comic books. Yes. And as a comic book person, you might be watching these movies in a different way than Rafer and I are watching them because we're not comic book people. Mm-hmm. As a comic book lover, um, are you more likely to like the Spider-Man for being loyal to what the comic books are? Is this closer to the source material? Um. Th- it treads along the source material. There yeah. are changes that are I, I don't think are bad changes, but they're changes. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know, am I what you know why I like this more than, than someone else? I mean, you know, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I can still judge it as a film and a piece of entertainment. Right. But you know, it did follow the continuity of Spider-Man. I, you know, it's a little telegraph for me because I know what was going to happen just based on knowing the characters. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And where I see, I'm. I'm tentpole guy, yeah. right? I mean, this is supposed to be the big summer tentpole. You're supposed to draw me, non-comic book guy. And I just don't feel like this movie is giving me that much to grab onto. You know, I was I was saying earlier how I think there are two kinds of superhero movies these days. They're your kind of serious ones. You've got your Dark Knight. Yeah. Those movies try to broaden out a little bit, get into the real world, address real world concerns. Then you've got your Iron Man and maybe your Thor, which are much more – Jokey, cheeky, funny, self-aware, not quite as serious. And I don't feel like Spider-Man – I feel like Spider-Man has none of that. I feel, like it, I feel like it doesn't have anything to offer. It's just got this middle ground that it's staked out where it's kind of safe and to me ultimately kind of irrelevant. And I don't and, – and Andrew Garfield is no Robert Downey Jr. No. to me. Do you no. know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I feel like – I get bummed out. I get bummed out by these new Spider-Man Ooh. movies. I mean, how, how would you say they compare to the first trilogy? To me, the Spider-Man 2 with uh, Doc Ock was like right. the best one. This is not. I mean, I, I walked out of this one. I was like, I was all right. Yeah. I was all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I there's things I hated about it. Um, this That weird operatic score that uh, Electro does where he's like saying yes. his thoughts. Was, uh, <laughs> yes. I was like infuriated by that. But – uh, you know, it's all right. And, you know, it, it does bother me. I mean, the, the Sam Raimi movies were, except for the third one, a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, this one, it's kind of like, eh, you know, they, they, oh, renewing the uh, the rights here. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Right, well, of course. Well, a question about that. Renewing the rights, that's the only reason we have this re- reboot, right? Is it better? I mean, is it too soon for audiences? I, I mean, I'm just thinking 
five in a dozen years. Five Spider-Man movies of two different, you know, universes. But they but they've done well, right? These. Oh the, yeah. yeah, and yeah, I think make a lot of money. Yeah, and I think this one's going to make a lot of money too. I mean, oh, people yeah. seem totally excited about it. Um, the, Ray, I, Rafer, did you like anything about this movie, by the way? Yes, <laughs> Everything uh, yes. that's coming out of your mouth kind I'm of sorry. sounds like... Because it sounds like Scott has been able to find some good things and some bad in the movie. It sounds like you can't find anything good in the movie. That's not, that's not true. There are, there are two reasons in this, in this movie that, are, that, to me, were almost worth the price of admission. One is Emma Stone mm-hmm. as Gwen mm-hmm. Stacy, who I think is wonderful. When she is with Andrew Garfield on screen, I almost start to like Andrew Garfield. Well, they have real chemistry. They do. They really, yeah. they really do. And, and I think... The director, Mark Webb, who did um, 500 Days of Summer and is, is kind of an indie guy, indie romance guy, he handles those scenes quite well, I thought. And I think he also handled the scenes with uh, Peter Parker and Harry Osborn, mm-hmm. Dane DeHaan, the other reason to see this film. Yeah. I think those scenes have a real natural feeling of two, you know, two guys who were re- once really tight and have been estranged and are sort of trying to come back together a little bit and reestablish their bond. That scene of them on the shore kind of mm-hmm. just talking, joking with each other, it's really lovely. It works really well. The rest of it is just the usual, you know, I'm crashing into the building <laughs> and I can, I can see the electricity grid and all the people are standing along, you know, behind police barriers going, oh, my God, it's electro. And it just – it bores the heck out of me. I get so bored by this stuff. So ultimately, I say pretty bad date. For Spider-Man Two, oh, I'm Kristen, so surprised. You... <laughs> we couldn't tell how you felt at all. <laughs> Kristen, what do you say? I'd say it's pretty bad, also. But I do want to just put in a word for it. There were some moments where it's not even superhero-like. It's just I'm investigating. I'm trying to find out what's going on here, or I'm having a human conversation with my aunt or with and my you girlfriend. You liked those moments. I liked those moments, um, but a lot of the other stuff was just so blown out of proportion and it just became white noise after a while and I got kind of tired actually it was just exhausting and just too much what and about Scott, you Scott your verdict uh, it's a mediocre date a mediocre date so I think this you is could telling do, you could do better I think yeah. this is telling that a, that a hardcore comic book fan is is underwhelmed is underwhelmed by Spider-Man 2 Okay. Well, so, anyway. We all agree with the comic book fan. Wow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is great. That's right. <laughs> Love it. Love Who it. knew? <laughs> all right. This, this has been great. We've been talking to Scott Rosenberg. He's the entertainment editor for AM New York. Uh, he's our, our resident pop culture educator here on uh, Movie Date. Scott, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. so nice for Scott to come back and talk to us again through. I mean, you and I are not real comic book nerds I know, for by I any know. stretch of the imagination. And he was a trooper. His day off and everything. Oh, that was so nice of him. He knows that universe. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> and a large universe it is, that it, universe. It, it is. So, so big. Um, before we go, though, let's remind our listeners of last week's trivia. Yes. Last week, in honor of revenge movies, because we were talking about revenge movies, we played a clip of a movie that has a revenge theme in it and asked you to identify it. Here is the clip. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And here is the right answer. Hey, Rafer and Kristen. It's Dan Barbosa calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the answer to this movie uh, date trivia is The Princess Bride. Have a great one, guys. Dan, but of course, great job, great job, Dan. Terrific work. Lots of right answers this week. Yeah, and um, it's a popular movie. It is. And just a reminder to listeners: you can call or write us anytime between the podcast coming out and Thursday each week, and we just randomly select one of the many right answers that come in. So always submit your answers. Feel free to do it as late as you want to, and we'll pick one. 
All right. So this week's trivia, because we've been talking about the quote-unquote amazing Spider-Man 2, we decided to uh, pick a movie in which the spider is not the good guy, but the villain. Here's a clip. Why don't we just take the dead spider and get out of here? Oh, no, Ross, you don't get off that easy. Dead spider's already desiccated. Wouldn't be any use to You mean macerated? No, I mean desiccated. Dried up, drained of all its blood. Macerated is the... uh... Chewing that they do. Chewing, right. They're like little vampires. This trip to Atherton to find the spider species, where'd he go? South America. Venezuela, why? Is that one of them? If you know the name of that movie in which the spider is the villain, give us a call, 5717-MOVIES. Or you can always visit us at facebook.com slash movie date podcast. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man.